Good day. Welcome to SportsStats.ie. It is Thursday and it's time for SportsStats Camogie, our weekly magazine show looking at the Glen Demplex All-Ireland Championships. I'm Darren Kelly and of course joined by my partner in crime, Killian Whelan. Hi, Killian. How you doing, Darren? And Killian, you're in a very special venue for today's show. <laughs> I am, Darren, yeah. I've been kicked out of my own house for the, for the afternoon, but uh, I just rocked up here to local Costa Joint and ah, yeah, going well. So Sports Eskimo is brought to you in association with Costa. That is brand placing Costa when we come looking first. Uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> See, we, we, we do our sponsors so first, then we go looking for the sponsorship. <laughs> well, I'm under that, Wi-Fi as well, so maybe they're listening. <laughs> know that everybody in Costa who's there today, which go, we can say hello to Killian over the course of the show if you realise exactly what we're doing. But it's a busy, busy week. Uh, if you didn't hear, we had a third half this week in Camogie. We looked back at the Glendimplex All-Ireland Senior Quarterfinals. We are full throttle towards next Saturday and Sunday. Killian, it's the biggest day of the year. I know it's all about the Holy Grail. It's all about winning All-Ireland. But semi-finals day is massive because you want to be at the party. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you're now right in the mix down here, and uh, you know, there's one or two surprises for what we've seen in through through all the grades, and um, you know, semi-finals are there to be won, and then you know, you look after the finals themselves. But you know, um, for a number of these counties, you know, this is where they expect it to be, and you know, as I said, we've uh, we've a couple of surprises, so you know, really looking forward to it. It's a, it's a busy two days of action and it could have been a busy Saturday of action, of course, but we had to move uh, the intermediate semi-finals. But um, yeah, look, really looking forward to this weekend now, because as you said, this is the real, you know, melting pot of, uh, of the action and, uh, and some of the best teams then playing out for places. And we're going to go there first. And just again, to repeat, if, for those wondering, we've already discussed our thoughts on the game, intermediate games moving to Sunday on the third half. So you can check out that. It is what it is now. And we're plowing on because we have two doubleheaders actually on Sunday with the intermediate and the under-16 semifinals. But Killian, just start the intermediate first. And even before we start talking about matches, one team not there is Kerry. And Ian Brick has stepped down as Kerry Camogie manager. Yeah, well, I suppose um, one, once they didn't qualify, I think this year, I think Ian had probably felt he brought them as far uh, as he could go. You know, a, a very uh, decent um, hurling man and a, a guy who's committed so much to uh, the Camogie team in the last number of years. Um, you know, really, I think, got, got the whole Camogie scene within uh, that little pocket of Kerry that it occupies. Um, you know, he obviously was one of theirs, you know, um, as well. And, you know, he... he led them to an All-Ireland Junior title, maintained their status at intermediate level. I do feel probably that there was an opportunity there to maybe get into the knockout stages and maybe even progress back to a final uh, in Crow Park. It, it, it probably just results went against them on occasion and maybe just trying to marry both um, scenarios where Clan Morris obviously have been so strong at club level, Darren, and trying to get that balance right and, um, you know, get Kerry competing then as well at, at inter-county level. Maybe it, it was asking an awful lot of, uh, you know, a very close, similar group of players and uh you know maybe it, it just was proven a bridge too far but you know look in in brick has left uh kerry Kamogi in a very healthy place and you know you'd be hoping now that uh you know they can, can maintain that I, I do know obviously there's probably a group of players now at a stage as well darren that they might be thinking of exiting stage left or stage right whichever they want to go but um yeah look it's still in fairness to in brick he's put he put a marker down he won in all ireland with them so look i don't think he can take anything from him and i don't think anyone in kerry Kamogi will begrudge the fact that uh, Ian has decided to take his leave of them. No, of course, he won the Junior All Ireland in 2019, three consecutive intermediate quarterfinals as well, uh, carrying a much better place, but a small pool. You just feel for Camogie in the county, if they can, and even Hurling too, if they can just widen that net a little bit more. Uh, there's no limit to what the county can achieve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that is being achieved in fairness. Uh, you know, um, I think I got to speak to the Kildare or the Kerry County Board Chairman. Um, down at the club All Ireland final um, in Tipperary, wasn't it there when when Raharney won it? But he, you know, he was referencing the fact that what Clan Morris had done, let's say, with regards to inspiring um, other clubs to take their 
their chance at adult level. And I think the plan was that within Kerry, I think wasn't it last year that there was going to be four adult teams in their county championship. So, you know, that that, that obviously bodes well then for Kerry Camogie going forward. And good as well, uh, Darren, that it has ventured in then into the towns, you know, that Killarney have a, have a team there, uh, obviously, as well. And, you know, that that bodes well. And you'd be hoping the Tralees and, and maybe a couple of other towns will follow also and, uh, you know, take take their chance and strengthen, obviously, Kerry Camogie's uh, status. Wish Kerry the best of luck going forward as well. Not to be for them this year, but Ian Brick has done tremendous work and made a great platform. Speaking of the games that are taking place, you'll be down there live commentary in the Camogie Association YouTube channel in association with Entry on Sunday, 2 o'clock. Galway against me. This young Galway team are catch, catching an awful lot of attention, playing with, with fearlessly at the moment. But Meade's generating a bit of momentum. Yeah, um, looking forward to being back on 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 on, on site, Darren, uh, this coming weekend. Uh, it's been a quiet summer. In, 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 in me getting out to matches, uh, it hasn't been a quiet summer on home base, I have to tell you. But um, look, it, it, it's a scenario where um, you know double header. It, it, it's a pity that it's on the day that it is obviously with everything that'll be going on in Crow Park as well but you know it is what it is and uh, these two teams will want to be getting Crow Park on their own right in the first Sunday of September or uh, August I should say um, if you get used to that but um, you know the day will be in a scenario where um, like we, we've tipped Galway and Cork probably to be in the final but you know Mead and Derry are, are two teams that obviously um, Derry have been showing their form all throughout uh, this year but Mead have come with this little bit of a late run and uh, maybe as we as I alluded to previously you know that they've timed it quite well and you know they were probably slow with putting away the opposition uh, the, the last day but you know did the, did the job when they when they needed to do so you know this Galway team can't take this me group for any way and uh, uh, take their eye off the ball I know what you're saying there this Galway team uh, obviously you know double managed by Cahill Murray and uh, what a busy weekend that he's going to have. But, you know, they, they are obviously quite a strong unit, Galway Camogie at the moment. And there's an opportunity when you're coming through from underage to get to the intermediate level to then advance the senior. We've seen that with one or two players in the, in the Galway senior setup uh, this year who have made that quick progress all the way up along from underage. So, you know, like it's a Galway team that has plenty of plans for the future, probably not at intermediate level. There'll be some that will be eyeing an opportunity for next year. And Cahill is all about getting that train going and keeping it going. But, you know, Mead, as we said, might have just now started to get the bit between the teeth. And, you know, the last number of games for them, they've, they've you know, progressed quite well. Their, their play has been, I have to say, quite expansive. It's quite fast. It's quite, you know, um, use the good use of space, diagonal ball. Um, you know, I, I was very impressed with them the last day in Port Leash. And, you know, now they have an opportunity again to maybe in a big venue again, like Nolan Park, to be able to use the spaces of it again. And, uh, you know, it, it, this could be a right little battle, so it could. It, well, certainly could be as well. And Mead, like they have the experience too. Some players back, they've three double digit wins in a row. And they remembered themselves with Nolan Park last year when they lost their All Ireland semi final to Kilkenny. And they probably coughed up a couple of goal chances that day as well. So, you know, they're well capable of doing it. And it's a double header. But it even shows, just as you mentioned about Galway, the other group has provided three of the semi-finalists. Cork against Derry. Cork will go in as favourites, but Derry, of course, up in Beg a few weeks ago, put one over on Cork to put themselves in position to come second in the group. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that that group would just tell you how it was fighting it out and Kilkenny were even in the mix and so were Wexford right down to the to the last day, you know. Um, it was just that, as you said, that Mead came with those last two victories that got them and, and, and they put a huge scoring difference uh, up. But, uh, you know, Cork and Derry, what a slugfest it is um, within the group stages, you know. Um, a huge, healthy scoring difference. You know, Cork's obviously that little bit better than Derry's, but, you know, four wins, the, each lost the match. Um, 12 points secured and you know that was uh, one hell of a group whereas Galway probably you could say ran away with group one but you know like what a performance from uh, this Derry team um, you know we had obviously Shannon Doherty on a couple of weeks ago and they seem to have just got everything all their ducks in a row up in Derry which you know I'm sure you and I have been kind of appealing on for years that you just when you saw the likes of Schlock Neil and we don't keep needing to harp on, back on to this but like if you have a team that's competing at that level at all Ireland's and being able to win all Ireland's up against teams from Cork and the Galways and the Kilkenny's and whatever and then that the, the inter-county setup wasn't kind of maybe in a certain structure that they could go on and challenge then uh, uh, when they were back with inter-county level you have to ask questions but according to Shannon anyway the last day you know when she was on with us she was telling us that 
you know, everything seems all ducks in a row, all the administration level, everything like that seems to be in a healthy order. And that seems to be coming across on the field. And I do know, you know, you had a little bit of a worry about them going down to Port Leash and that maybe, you know, had they hit the skids a little bit, maybe, you know, their form, was it was it just going to temper off a little bit? But I got the, the you know, once they got the, maybe the bit of, how would I put it? Maybe some they were work for it, but they yeah, they were. When they up the tempo, they yeah. They I, I think they the got tank. rid of. The, I think they got rid of the dirty petrol there. They, you know, out of half time, and uh, very quickly, then they ran up a score against Dublin. And you know, great credit to that Dublin team that they were able to challenge them for so long. But once Derry got in the groove, there was only one winner. Yeah, Derry don't mind going to Port Lee, sure, to Kilkenny, sure. Like they go to Gory for a local match anyway, so it's all, <laughs> yeah. it's all good. And that's a double header in um, UPMC Nolan Park on Sunday, two o'clock Galway against Mead, four o'clock Cork against Derry. There, the Glen Demplex All Ireland Intermediate Camogie semi finals. Killian, before we leave that, you just touched on how busy life is at home. I know all about it myself, just a few months ahead of you. And we'd like to welcome baby Liam Tony O'Shea into the world. Why am I telling you about him? Well, he's daddy. David is our boss on entry uh, when, we, when we do the streams and himself and Emma welcome young Liam into the world last Sunday morning and of course Liam arrives in Limerick on last Sunday yeah you know, you need, good timing <laughs> perfect timing you don't have to say any more than that yeah they didn't have to look far for a name did they but uh, yeah no uh, great credit to Dave and Emma they're, they're, they're uh, um, the, the backbone of entry and uh, keeping us uh, as I said up, up and going and bringing the best of Camogie action to all the viewers out there as well and and uh, now, geez, we're going to have great chats, uh, Darren. We we talked about uh, having this podcast uh, of new dads. I think Dave has to get involved in it now as well. I was talking to him on the phone there during the week, and I was saying to him, we're going to be giving you a show where we start the Sports Dads podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony and Emma, congratulations and welcome Liam to the world. No doubt he'll be holding the camera for us in a few years' time. Seven <laughs> Killian are still commentating away in Camogie matches around the country. Uh, Killian, just before we leave Sunday, of course, there's another double header just nine minutes drive down the road and that's the uh, Tesco All-Ireland under 16 semi-finals a big opportunity for all the teams involved Galway up against Tipperary in the first game at 12 o'clock and Wexford taking on Cork at two yeah and uh, again you know it's a pity that it's kind of you know, in, in a scenario where it is ultimately um, clashing the both games taking place in uh, in Clara, but um, obviously, you know, 12 o'clock throw in so that the, the Galway crowd can get in then to, to see their game at two o'clock and obviously Cork then be able to get in the road. So only a short spin in the road anyway um, between Clara and, and, and Nolan Park. So anyone going to the under 16 should be able to make the senior or the intermediate games, I should say, um, Look, it, it, it's just with the calendar. We're not going to make a big deal about it, Darren. We've talked about this already. Uh, you would hope that obviously next year that maybe things will be that little bit more uh, streamlined that we don't have because this under-16 championship has been um, something of note uh, so far. There's been some cracking encounters. And, you know, look, Galway and Cork, they won their quarterfinals quite handsomely enough. So, you know, they, they are going to be on that bit of a cusp of a, a wave but like like you know Tipperary and Wexford are the ones that came out of the groups uh, Darren you know at top of them and like what impressed me about Tipperary was the, the performance they put up in group one with the scoring difference that they had now they probably were in a situation where you know the group scenario for them they might not have been tested uh, too much uh, Wexford obviously topped their group as well and they had Limerick and Clare Galway and Cork have come out with the one group with Kilkenny like what a group of death that was essentially and uh, you know they all kind of took lumps out of each other there because um, all three teams had one win and one loss you know so it uh, was a tight enough and it came down to scoring difference ultimately but look it's hard to look beyond the Galways and the Corks ultimately when, when, when they come out there um, it's hard to know what Tipperary and Wexford are going to be like when you look at maybe the opposition that they face within their within their groups, you know, so that's that's where I, I, I would be kind of still nodding towards the Corks and the Galways. And, you know, they've entertained us at underage level over the last number of years with some of their finals, Darren. So it's going to be hard to look among them. But look, you got to give credit to Tipperary and Wexford. They topped their group. So they, they could be two entertaining tussles in Clara. It most certainly will be as well. And we will preview the final on next week's Sports Dance Camogie show as well. Whichever or two of the four teams do advance to the knockout stages. Killing, as we mentioned, you're in UPMC Nolan Park on Sunday. Well, I'm going to be off to Bordenamona O'Connor Park in Tullamore on Saturday for the Glen Demplex All Ireland Premier Junior quarterfinals uh, starting at one o'clock. Um, very uh, game we thought would probably be the final in Crow Park, maybe for the last couple of years, let alone this year. Armagh up against Cavan in the first game of a doubleheader. 
Yeah, and uh, again, you know, great to see that they, these games are being are being streamed because, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure whether that was actually going to happen, but uh, good that they are because um, I, I got to see two uh, great encounters last year when they were played in um, Conniff Park and Clain. And, you know, that Armagh team that they, you know, they, they really stood out and so it obviously did Wexford. And we saw then ultimately what Wexford went on to achieve and how obviously it, it, it gave a huge shot in the arm to Wexford Camogie. But, you know, Cavan uh, have been one of the stories, Darren, of the last number of years. What a progress that they, they ultimately have um, have made here. And like, you know, they they might... There might have been a case, the point of maybe one or two people might have said Tipperary and Clare were going to come out group two and, you know, Cavan might lose out. And despite the fact that Tipperary had a, a very good scoring difference, it was Cavan that were the ones ultimately that in the first game went down uh, to the rag and defeated Tipperary. So they, they laid down a marker very early on. And I know they lost to Clare in the last game and it was quite a close encounter uh, there. So, you know, this Cavan team can't be taken for granted. They've scored 638 across the four matches that they have, plus 15 scoring difference. Clare have a quite a high one indeed and haven't conceded a whole lot so that could be a, a, another tasty encounter on the far side but when you look at Armagh, Darren, four wins from four, a plus 89 scoring difference, scoring 13 goals and 90 points, you know like I, I know one of, the, one of the results they put up a huge score in one of the games alright so that probably helped that scoring difference a little bit but um, you know these two have obviously clashed previous um, when obviously Cavan uh, uh, won the Nancy Murray and then were allowed in in the COVID year, uh, allowed into the Premier Junior um, semi-finals and they took on uh, Armagh. That like that was a, 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 a cracking encounter uh, that day. So I don't expect anything different. And you know this is a Cavan team that really seem to have uh, grown with the opportunity that they're you know keeping it moving along. And you know there's one or two players within Cavan Darren that probably again are at the the latter stages of their career and maybe there's a, just a drive to see could they make that intermediate level it, it would be some result if they were to pull it off but I just think what Armagh are putting together there Darren they've so much hurt over the last number of years with not being able to get over the line and and, and make it up to senior um, or make it up to intermediate I should say they've seen what's been done in Ulster you're looking like we talked as we said to Shannon a few weeks ago with Derry Derry have very much seen what Down and Antrim have done and that's spurring them on to try and get to senior and I would no doubt about it that Armagh are, are seeing the same kind of scenarios that they want to be get up and, and, and to be able to contest uh, at, the, at that level. So, you know, look, it's going to be hard to, it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be close, but I, I just think that Armagh are showing the kind of form that they want to get back to Crow Park there and get rid of some of those bad memories that they have of recent, recent visits there. It's a perfect game to kick off that double header at one o'clock on Saturday in Tullamore. Second game is going to be very intriguing because you just mentioned their clear top of the group that involved Cavan as well. It was a very, very tough group with Tipperary involved as well. While on the other side, Antrim have been flying it since they introduced the second team. And look, the group wasn't as strong. I think we always knew our man Antrim were going to be the two coming through as well. But I did see them in Dunloy go toe-to-toe with our man for a long period in that match as well. So they're going to fancy their chances and for one of these counties, it'll be a great shot in the arm after, I suppose, expecting more from their senior teams. Yeah, well, there's, there's two teams in the semi-finals, Darren, they're carrying a certain amount of hurt. You know, Clare last year, you know, they, they got badly stung. And I, I know talking to some of the, the Clare management after the end of that game, you know, that they felt that they never really showed up. And then you have Armagh, obviously, that I mentioned that got, you know, were defeated in Crow Park, where they probably would have... Not saying that they would have expected it, but they probably were in some of people's favourites to win that Premier Junior title because they've been knocking on the door at various different stages in recent years. But Clare have that built up that certain level as well of hurt that came out claimed that day and really have bounced back. And there's been a lot of work put in, um, you know, similar to maybe what's been done in Galway. Clare really have put, you know, aligned their forces quite well with their senior and intermediate teams being or their first and second teams, I suppose, being, being, being trained together, um, you know, a certain level of structure, uh, S&C, all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Anne-Marie McGann, she, she waxes lyrically about this group of players that, um, you know, they're out to prove a point. So, you know, I, I just think that Clare are a little bit further down the road than this Antrim group. This Antrum team are probably one of the surprise packets of all the, all the championships. They, they really have, again, got to see what maybe their first team has obviously achieved at playing in the senior championship. So, you know, they want to be backbone in that well. But I just think with the, the results that Clare have got and um, some of the scores that they've put up, I just think I'd be giving the nod in that direction. 
That game was a 3.30 clear against Antrim. Both games again live in the Camogie Association YouTube channel in association with Entry. I will be there uh, in the commentary box. Don't know who my co-commentator is yet because Elaine will be up in Crow Park for the senior semi-final. So we've everything covered between everybody over the course of the weekend. Killian, it's coming up near a break just before we go there. Ray Kelly has been training the next generation of referees. Yeah, um, an interesting one, all right. I, I got sent a video of um, Ray at a, a summer league game in Kildare, and uh, I think it was involved the local side. Um, it was at Conniff Park in Clane. I think it was Clane and Minutes were playing in a, in a summer league game, and I was watching this video, Ray refereeing the game, and he was being tracked quite closely by this young man, I'd say about 10 or 11 years of age, and I was going, did this young guy sneak onto the pitch somehow, and what's going on here? But Eventually, if I turned up the volume on the video, what I actually got to hear was um, this young guy was actually, you know, going arm to arm with Ray, refereeing the game. And uh, it seems to be a bit of initiative on Ray's part anyway. And I think um, it should be something maybe, you know, I don't know if it's been done anywhere else. But um, basically, you know, obviously in the understanding of the two teams, Ray was refereeing the game, but he was allowing obviously his young compatriot to blow the whistle at the same time and be able to see what was going on. Um, he wasn't obviously making any of the calls, but he was still there able to see what was going on. Now, look, um, there might be a novel factor in it. I don't think you're going to obviously do it in a senior championship match or anything like that. But, you know, when you're maybe having these kind of summer competitions because you're without your county players um, at the club scene, maybe it was a perfect opportunity. And, uh, he felt, uh, talking to Ray, he felt it was an opportunity for, you know, to encourage referees and, um, you know, get them, you know, in seeing what was actually happening. Um, you know, the way things are going forward, Darren, we're going to be in a virtual world shortly with the looks of player cams and all this kind of thing going to be worn. But um, I know there was no technology needed in this regard, but it definitely was something different to see the referee running around the pitch and he being tagged by this younger younger individual. But um, look, And we're talking some of a five to ten, isn't it? Sorry? So somebody very, it was a young, very young, young child. Oh, uh, yeah, he was about, yeah, I'd say about 10 or 11 years of age, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, great to see that it was a, a, a young, a young guy who was willing, willing to do, uh, you know, um, be involved in refereeing uh, and, and, and refereeing within the, the, the women's game. But, um, you know, look, maybe it would be something that could work. I don't know, Darren. Um, obviously, as we said, there's plenty of winter and summer competitions that take place uh, in the club setup. But maybe, as I said, it would be a good opportunity to bring young people into the game. Um, maybe in a scenario, Darren, where, you know, eventually in time that, you might be able to point one or two of these young individuals to maybe take on, you know, an underage game or something like that, but that you would give them the confidence to be able to do it firstly. And, and in a scenario as well, Darren, that they probably wouldn't be facing up to too much abuse or anything like that, that ultimately the games mightn't, mightn't mean a whole lot at the end of the day, but that it would be a great way of getting them uh, experience. So look, Rabe says to me, it's one of his own initiatives there. We, 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 we'll see does it go any further. Yeah, well, fair play to Ray as well. And it's always great to introduce somebody to some setup of the game, no matter what way it works out. Killian, final point here. You sent me an article too. I'm going to include it in the web article with this. Uh, of course, ACL injuries, um, constant bane and so many people. And we're starting to believe now, based on some conclusions, they could be uh, fa- family links or, or um, g- genetic links with regards to people who get them. Yeah, well... I suppose when you think of, of, of ACLs and knee injuries and everything like that, you know, I suppose one that comes to light within one family obviously would be the Doyles of Kilkenny. And um, I, I, just something I happened to see coming up on, on, on Twitter during the week was a, a study that's been done, I think, between New Zealand and Australia, is that if you have a family history of ACL injuries, it increases the odd of sustaining a primary ACL injury compared to those without a family history by about two and a half times. So, you know, like that. That, that's significant, I suppose, enough. So that it ultimately means if someone in your family has an ACL injury, you're, you have a higher chance of uh, suffering one yourself if it's your brother or your sister. Um, I don't know whether there's any been more detail into whether, you know, uh, gender makes a difference or anything like that, Darren. But definitely, if it happens in your family, you are more at risk as such. Yeah, I read there too. I don't think gender comes into play, but we will include a link to the article on the web website page going with this podcast as well, so people can have a more look at that and maybe try and understand the injury that bit more. It's been a busy first period of the show. There's so much to go through, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're heading to Crow Park next Saturday. We're going to start with that clash of the two heavyweights, the two unbeaten sides this year, Galway against Kilkenny. I like listening to sports dads because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. 
Darren Kelly. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Camogie. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. Killian, I'm making a habit here on both the football and the Camogie show of doing the second matches before the first matches. But uh, I think when it comes down to these two, I'll be forgiven because only a few weeks ago, we saw another example of the latest installment of their rivalry. And I have no doubt Crow Park is going to deliver up more in spades against Saturday evening. Yeah, and the same man is in charge uh, that was in charge that day as well, and Andy Larkin, um, you know, and I, I do know that Andy probably produced a few cards that day in, in, in Nathan Roy that I probably felt were a little bit of the soft variety. I, I'm, I'm hoping in Crow Park that we just let these two titans go at it, hell for leather, and see what comes out of it. But a cracking encounter, Darren, uh, that we saw uh, that day. You know, Crow Park will obviously be quite different, but since obviously that game, Kilkenny have had an opportunity to play another encounter to play that against Dublin, and they really have got into a groove, Darren. You know, there was serious performances um, by them in the last number of weeks. I just think that the level of grit and everything that they've shown um, in 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 their encounters has just been phenomenal, and that's again, and we said it on the third half earlier this week. You know that um, that's despite the fact that they're down you know, a number of key players within their defensive structure and ultimately within their whole team uh, as well. Now, I know they've introduced one or two uh, old faces and they've obviously introduced one or two new faces as well uh, to the setup. But how, you know, Brian Dowling and uh, Tommy and F- uh, Philly and, 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 and Pat keep going to the well and, and Ray as well in there, just how they're able to keep uh, getting this team to step up and deliver but what it seems to be as well Darren again is that despite the fact that they have lost key area members of their team you take the Doyle sisters Davina Tobin and we wish her well uh, Davina over the next uh, number of months obviously um, with a new addition due, uh, with her family there and uh, obviously Kellett Dormer you know they, they would be and Megan Farrell as well and Megan, sorry and, and Megan obviously as well but we knew Megan was going to be going travelling and Brian obviously was aware that it was going to happen at some point so but you know like we're, we're they are such a huge loss uh, to the team but the others have stepped up here and uh, like if Claire Phelan if she couldn't step up any higher Darren she's definitely gone another level I just think her performances in the last two games have been absolutely out there like she's again in all-star territory you know she's really um, you know grown, uh, grown in that role Grace Walsh what more of, can you say about Grace Walsh you know she's played has she nearly played every position in the field now at this stage? You know, it's like she she's, she's like Tommy, every- Tommy all over the field. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, <laughs> like she she just um she can show up anywhere as well. And I know she's wearing number three on her back now at the moment, but sure, like she was chipping in with a score and everything in in, in the last couple of games also. So like um they're just two, and then you come out the field a little bit, and you know I just think. Denise Gall, again, you know, the leadership ability that she's shown, um, I think, you know, and I talked about it and I'm a great fan of Miriam Walsh. I just think she doesn't get half the credit um, that she should uh, within a setup. I just think she's having a phenomenal year and, uh, you know, Maybe she's buoyed on by the fact, Darren, she's getting married, I think, in the, in the next few months that, you know, the dress is sorted, I believe, and everything like that. So maybe she's all those worries gone to put to bed now. She's the list on up. She can focus on the camogie 100%. But by God, she might have an all-star at the wedding table. There's no question about it. Because, and she might have an all-Ireland trophy as well because um, she's, just been, she's just been a different level. But you also then have to factor Katie Power, um, you know, um, uh, and, and, and Katie Nolan then to just to, with the lo- level that they've um, are, are doing within their play so like Galway have a lot of uh, Kilkenny players to be keeping an eye on uh, this weekend because as I said to you I just think they've, Kilkenny have grown um, this year as a huge team unit but they have certain leaders that were always leaders I think but they really just seem to have taken it up a notch and they showed it in that Ryan, like after being behind a, and the second quarter went to sleep pretty much. They, you could argue they should have won the game. Before we come to that, though, Colin Murray made a point at the end of the game. And I've often said this in other factors, too. I don't want it to be sounding like I'm from Galway. But should these two teams have been each other in the semi-final after being in the group? Should there be an allowance there that the runners-up of one group can't meet the winners of the group in the semi-final? Or is it just pure potluck at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, like, you know... what. Well, uh, it was an open draw. Um, they didn't mean to see the draw, uh, like, you know, with, with Galway and Corp being seeded, which is rightfully so as group winners. But 
Uh, like Carl mentioned that it, this has always been the way. It's not as though they're only doing it this year or other years. It's always been the way this way. But I've often felt myself in other years too when it was Cork or Kenny top of groups that you know, you're if you have two teams in the same group finish first and second, they shouldn't meet in the semi final. Yeah, that, well, I, yeah, I know I agree with you. And maybe that should have been predetermined at the time that the Kenny Dublin winners would have played Cork and the Waterford Limerick winners should have played Galway. And I would have said that too if it was Cork and Kenny in a group, you know? Yeah, but uh, yeah, but I would agree with you there. I think that that can be pre preordained that fair enough you have this see the draw up and draw whatever you way you want to look at it that uh, obviously the two group winners are not going to play each other in the semi-final they're there but but you put down a, 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 an asterisk sound at the bottom and you say however if you know um the the, the this runner up in the group comes out in it they move to the next fixture and that, that's what you do and mm-hmm. um you well, know like the GA pre predetermined from the quarterfinals out exactly yeah. the path for each team and I, I think myself I don't like draws for the sake of draws. Mm. And we're not criticising the Camogie Association here. We're just having, having a discussion of what we reckon is the fairest way because, and that's not saying that Cork are getting an easier path to the final. Waterford, no doubt, are determined to prove that wrong. But I'm just saying that maybe after you cross-played the quarterfinals, maybe they should be preordained. The winners of this one are going playing yeah. this team and the winners of this are playing this team. So that there's a mix overall. And you're look at the end of the day of going, Kenny are the two best teams in the country and they make the final, so be it. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I understand that, and if that's what happens, that's what happens. Even though they've played in the group stage, yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. But I, I would agree with you that when you're doing the draw for the quarterfinals, why can't you make the draw? You know, as you said, for the follow-on, then because you know that Cork and Galway are going to be separated as the group winners. So this is what'll happen if this. And these and, teams know who they're playing, so they can absolutely. be for it yeah, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. Again, as you said, not a criticism. I just think it's something that could be done better. That's all. Yeah, and it's not as though this is something new, like, but this has been the, the regular way, too. So we're just bringing it up because Colin Murray did bring it up. Because Goey haven't played since that day in Atmarai. As you mentioned, Kenny have had a game just to shake off any cobwebs as well. Uh, Goey, no doubt, would have looked at an awful lot of things for that day. Now, the 10 of their starting team scored from playing the day, and Onya Keane got an equaliser as well. They were dominant in the second quarter, but very careless conceding goals to Kenny. And no doubt that's what they've been working on the last few weeks. Because if they let Kenny in for goals again, like they did the last day, all this talk about Galway is going to come to an end Saturday night. Yeah, and like you know, we we we've known for the last number of years, like when you put Galway up against Kilkenny, and I mentioned it on the third half, which I'm looking forward to, you know, being able to sit back with the popcorn and have a look at Miriam Walsh and and uh, obviously Sarah Durvin going head to head. Um, you know, that like that battle has caused all sorts of eruptions. Um, and to bring it back to obviously the 2020 All Ireland final, where you know Miriam Walsh caused all sorts of hassle for Sarah Durvin, and would it could you say it was a factor in? Kilkenny winning that All Ireland title, I I would say it was definitely one of them. All right, yeah. So like, when you see the 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 prowess that Miriam is showing this year at scoring goals or definitely getting involved in a scenario where she's setting setting up uh, goals, uh, you know, like Galway have got to be kind of thinking about right, you know, are we. Are we moving Shawna Healy into into the situation where she's taking taking on that, or um, who who you know who are we going to keep an eye on? Like we have Julianne Malone, who's has been you know returned to the Kilkenny setup, and her form has been quite good as well. You know, she Katie Nolan obviously a, a, again is somebody that's won an All Star. Um, she she's driven on from that as well, showing that it wasn't kind of a, a flash in the pan last year or anything. Um, so I you know I think Galway have a number of worries, and um, you know I think Cahill going out of Athen Rye would have had um a number of different things down to be worrying about. You know, and and thinking that you know right okay we we've got through the front door and we're going to be sitting back, but like Kilkenny have another game to fine-tune things and whatever. And that, I surely would have to think for him, that's going to be a worry, all right, that, um, as you said, that that Galway team haven't played in a competitive game. I'm sure they've played maybe a challenge match or they've played intermediate game with the intermediates or something like that. But like in the White Heat, a championship action in Crow Park, if you're taking on a Kilkenny team, they're buoyed by, you know, that result that they got against Dublin and the spread of scores that they had that day as well against Dublin, you know, like that, that Brian Dowling is in a fine, healthy state heading to Crow Park. And in a way, Darren, as you mentioned in the third half, Kilkenny are in a similar situation that they were in 2020, mm. coming in under the radar a little bit, no one really talking about them. And, you know, Galway just wouldn't want to take the eye off the ball. 
No, and some of the mistakes they made that day, they'll be vulnerable if they do them again. And like when you look at the, the Galway Twins, Emma Hellebert, they'll be hoping will be back to take her place in the half back line as well and be vital too. But like even that full back line, as you mentioned, like the full back forward line for Kenny the last day, Miriam Walsh, Denise Gall, and Katie Nolan. I think we all, the whole country knows Denise Gall is not going to be playing full forward on Saturday night against Galway. She'll be out the field somewhere where maybe Mary O'Connell or Julianne Malone will come in too. Those matchups have to be wise. And of course, we're Galway, they do have the flexibility moving some of their players around, but you'd assume that Healy, Dervin and Cooney will be the full back line, but maybe the battle in the 40 could be the winning and losing of this match. Yeah, and Mary O'Connell is a name there that you mentioned, Darren, again, that I, I think could have a significant impact in this game. I, I just thought her performance the last day as well was was top-notch. Um, I, I just, you know, I would have a few, one or two worries as regards Galway. I know Let's not get it wrong, Darren. We, we've talked all year about Galway being a machine. That's, you know, there's no doubt about it that they can um, they can annihilate opposition if they want to. I don't see them doing that against Kilkenny. But I would have one or two worries, if, you know, with, with just the form of Kilkenny at the time that they're coming into. You know, that can that extra game have brought Kilkenny on a notch for Matt and Roy? That you know, Galway are behind the eight ball a little bit here. That they, that you know, that everyone is expecting them to win, but that this Kilkenny team hit them with a certain amount of um, prowess that they've that they've obviously shown um, in 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 recent games. That that Galway, you know, find it hard to get get going. If you understand me, that maybe Kilkenny could could have them sitting on their backside very early on, and it might be just hard then to get to get motoring again. Um, you know, I uh, it's 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 an intriguing one. Don't uh, don't get me wrong here. I still think Galway will win it. There's no question about it. I think I think Cahill has a number of and enough faces up his sleeve. You know, I think Hellebert being back will obviously free up an awful lot of scenario if she is. You know, I I, I you know he obviously Rebecca Henley is is, is a loss. Um, because she was in such a good form going in, obviously into into the championship and and so forth. They got they got through Kilkenny without her, obviously. Um, you know, it rejigging maybe again a little bit of a structure. Uh, you know, obviously Orla McGrath is a loss as well, recovering from her injury, hoping that maybe Siobhan is now back at full pelt. You know, in recent weeks, what that what that will have done because I think you know her form will obviously be quite vital in these last couple of games. Uh, ultimately, I think if Siobhan is in top form, Galway are going to win in All Ireland. You know, that's that's the way it is. But um, I do think Kilkenny are going to ask a, a, a few questions of, of this Galway team, and I, you know, I think they nailed down let's how would I put it they put a few of the things on the table in Athenry that day um, I know as a lot of people would say which it was a nothing game and such well it was laying down markers it wasn't played case. like a nothing game no you, it absolutely you know, wasn't my opinions on these matches but yeah. Uh, the two teams definitely went went for it, and even as I mentioned, Siobhan, she'd probably acquired her day that day, but played well in Dunloy. So being a rabbit was the star. But I suppose, Gillian, you mentioned Rebecca Henley and Orla McGrath, like as much options as Galway have, and no doubt, like you know, we could we, we could team there, uh, smooth all that. How much of a blow is it for Carl and the Galway team because? He still keep, keeps pushing Eva Donahue into the into the half forward line, even though everybody knows Eva Donahue and Eva Kenny is the best midfield partnership in the country when they're left together. But sometimes it's done out of necessity. Sometimes maybe because he wants to show a Healy or Rachel Hanafi in the team, or even it could be a Roisin Black could come into this conversation as well, which called it if Emma Hellebert is back. Is he trying to fit a team around the defensive options that he has, or should he just be saying, listen, let's get a Catherine Finnerty out there and Anya Keane out there and get back to him 100% and leave Donahue and Kilkenny in midfield because you know what they're going to do? Yeah, well, I'd be along your line that I think, you know, you leave Donahue and Kilkenny in the middle of the field. I, I still think Neve Hanafi on the edge of the square is where we probably uh, think we get the best uh, out, out of her. Um, but, you know, I, I think we're not going to see that. We're going to see Hanafi probably middle of the field with uh, Neve Kilkenny. And as you said, Aoife Dunahoo then is going to be marauding around the 40 or thereabouts. Like, you know, when you have Keane and Rabbit doing the things that they're doing, as two young players, uh, Darren, you know, they've really stepped up. I, I, I can't get over just the, some of the maturity that those two players have, have shown. Um, and Carrie Dolan as well, Darren, has really come back with such, I, I would say, there's been a little bit of anger in her play, you know, that um, she bounced into winning that all uh, that league title for Galway. There's no question about it. And she basically said it to Cahill Murray, you know, drop me if you dare from here on, because I, I just think she's, 
she's she always had that little edge carrie you know comes across as, as such a genteel kind of character i think on occasion you know and uh, quite kind of individual but my god when she's out on the field of play those shoulders are, are are you know causing all sorts of problems and she's well able to put herself around and and and, and be a busy bee out there i just am really impressed with her um leadership ability since that league um final victory darren you know she's really driven it on and i i think she'll be a an important factor obviously within this game as well she she really has i think helped keen and rabbit there in that kind of pocket that area of the field you know they just at the their, their element of play so you know we're talking about galway here i i still think they've obviously a lot of the aces um it's going to be just interesting to see what Cahill does now as we said maybe you know, Rebecca Henley, as you said, had been such a key number 11 um, all all league and into the championship and then to suffer that cruel injury. And then you lose Orla as well, um, who, who obviously is such a foil with Siobhan, you know, the way that they operate together. Um, so, yeah, there's been a bit of rejigging, but, you know, maybe Rabbit and Keane are going to be the ones that, uh, for pardon the pun, Darren, pulling a rabbit out of the hat here now, that they, they could be the, the two that would, you know, work something in Crow Park this weekend. A keen rabbit, definitely, which goes. Um, <laughs> as we mentioned, all the defenders, Kilkenny lost. Of course, Grace Walsh and Claire Feeling have stepped into the central position, but plenty of options as well. Are you just uh, even willing to go forward? Like Laura Murphy's point that last day against Dublin, superb. Miriam Bambrick on the scoreboard as well. Have Kilkenny enough in defence to deal with all the threats to go we come with? That'd be the one worry, Darren. You know, the, how many fires can you fight? You know, like obviously. You know, Phelan and Walsh are, are, are two colossal players and would be in any team in the in, in the country. Um, you know, I, I just think that Galway might have, you know, if you were to put them down on paper side by side, I just think Galway might have, you know, a little bit of um the, the nuance ahead of one or two of the Kilkenny defenders. That would that would be it. Now you would still say though that if you were to balance out then the the Kilkenny team with those young players, you know, could 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 maybe a big occasion in Crow Park could it get get to them a little bit? And could Kilkenny defenders then be able to make a little bit of hay off of uh, the likes of Rabbit and Keane? But you know, that's that's just me making a, 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 an opportunity maybe to think that this Kilkenny defence would be able to hold out this uh, this Galway unit. I, I, I think a lot of it, Darren, is going to come down again to the middle. It always does. does. You know, if, if you've Neve Kilkenny and Aoife Donoghue um, and Hanafi there in some, in some regard, backed up, you know, from maybe from a, a centre-back scenario, like whoever is going to be at that centre-back role, you know, I think that that structure there is going to be ultimately where this game is uh, ultimately won and lost. And Neve and, and, and Aoife probably weren't at their huge best I don't think in Athen right Darren if memory serves me right you know you were at that game live I I, I do think you know we, we still probably um, are in now the, the final cusp of the championship where you know the likes of Eve Kilkenny and Eve Dunne who are going to start shining in Crow Park so um, I expect a different kind of Galway group as regards you know the bit between the teeth now we're, 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 we want to hold on to our All-Ireland title the big thing Darren as you know Cahill Murray put it on the table when they came out last September out of Crow Park, back-to-back All-Irelands. They want to be remembered as a, as a never mind a good team, Darren, they want to be remembered as a great team, being able to, you know, put our All-Irelands back-to-back. So I just think when you're coming down to that kind of element, you still have, you know, the main protagonist there driving that whole thing on. Players that have been on all-star teams and have uh, a few All-Ireland medals in their back pocket now at this stage, I just think that Galway just hold a few little bit more aces. Galway with a few aces as well, but of course these two have already drawn this year. Kilkenny are unbeaten. I would not be a bit surprised if we have a late night in Crow Park on Saturday. But that's it for this part of the show. Galway is the official prediction from Kelly. And when we come back, we're going to the first game, the game at 3.15, Cork against Waterford. We'll talk action on the field. Am I have to talk a bit off the field as well? I like listening sports stars because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. So welcome back here to Sports Stars Camogie for the final leg of the show. I'm Darren Kelly, joined by Killian Whelan. Killian, it's Cork against Waterford, a game we're really looking forward to. You were definitely building up Waterford's chances on the third half this week. But before we get to the match, unfortunately, I think we're going to be having an off-the-field saga for the next week as well, because Ashleen Thompson, two-game ban, it's been currently appeals. Now, we're recording the show on the Wednesday. It goes out on Thursday. So three days out from the match, the appeal has gone in today. Are we going to have another Ulrich Cronin situation here? Darren, never seem to learn. 
you know, like this, this is my issue here. And, uh, you know, our cork at fault here a little bit that, uh, you know, that it's now, as we said, only the appeal going in now, but could it have been done a little bit quicker? But then you retrace the steps back. Uh, what is it, the 2nd of July when this incident happened? Yeah, well, just, just to jump in there, like, first, we can't blame Cork for this because if you're in the same situation here, it works out to your advantage to leave it as late as possible. But the sending off, Ashley Thompson was sent off you know, a straight red card after the game against Tipperary on the 2nd of July for abusive language. The Camogie um, Association's hearing and disciplinary committee did not meet to discuss this red card until Wednesday, the 13th of July, 11 days later. The official verdict only came out. Now, I don't know if it was out with the county board beforehand, but only came to light on the morning of Saturday, the 16th of July, two weeks after the match took place last Saturday. And now, four days later, Cork put in their appeal. Now, we talked about the Orla Cronin situation last year. We were both delighted to see Orla Cronin on the field of play, but it was a DRA cop-out because they didn't make a decision. Now, we don't know if this is going to go to the DRA or not at the moment or what way the process is going in, but we shouldn't be talking about this after three weeks. This should have been appeals and everything. This should have been dealt with last week. And at least Ashley Thompson, I'm actually thinking about Ashley Thompson here. At least Ashley Thompson should not be able to know this week is she definitely playing in Ireland semi final or not. As things stand, she's done for the year. But you and me have been around the block long enough to know that's not always the case. Absolutely. And, you know, Cork obviously feel. They, they have a, a, a right to appeal. Um, they obviously feel that there's something there. Uh, look, every team has a right to appeal, but they obviously yeah. feel that there's something That's there. That's called space If we were the Cork management, we would. Oh, of course, yeah. You, yeah. You, you test out every opportunity that you can and you bring it as far as you can. Um, like, my, my issue would be, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't blaming Cork. I just wonder, could, could the appeal have got in 24, 48 hours a little bit earlier? Because they knew, obviously, it was coming at some point, um, what it was going to be. The issue ultimately is, is that why did it take, I believe uh, Justin Heffernan's report went in on the Tuesday after the match. So then, you know, why did it take then to the following Wednesday um, in order for, for you know, a meeting to take place. And then obviously the decision, another 72 hours for decision. I, I don't understand that. And I know we're talking about different sports, Aaron, but you and I were talking about this before we uh, started recording that, you know, you look at uh, the scenario there with the Ireland rugby match and Andrew Porter's mm. situation. Now he was cited after the match for, for what I think rightfully should have been a red card uh, scenario in that game against the All Blacks. But that game took place on Saturday. He was cited, I think, uh, somewhere between Sunday uh, evening and Monday. And the disciplinary meeting, I think, did it happen on Tuesday? You know, so like, I, I, I don't understand why that can't happen within the G. No, it, it should happen in GA circles as well. The Camogie are not alone on this turn. No, it's, it's, it's a widespread you know, game games thing. It's, it's a wide, widespread. We're Absolutely. talking about because this, but, is, this incident is a Camogie one. Can there not be a situation where if there's a red card, you're the disciplinary committee of the Camogie Association, right? If there's any disciplinary action to be taken, can you not meet on the Tuesday? Let's never mind Monday. Let me Monday to digest maybe what's happened over the weekend. You meet on the Tuesday. And whoever has a red card is brought, called to a meeting to put their case forward on the Wednesday or Thursday of that week. So Ashing Thompson over Zoom or whatever it might be is sits in front of the disciplinary committee. Ashing give us your, you know, here's the referee's report, uh, give us your thoughts and views on it. And the decision is made, we'll let you know in 24 hours. Like, and that's the whole thing done and dusted down within a week of the game or whatever. And then, as you said, she knows then two weeks out from the All-Ireland semi-final whether she's playing in it or not. We're now going to be in a scenario, as you said, that this appeal has gone in, whenever that will be heard. Are we into a scenario where, like Orla Cronin, we're having a meeting on the Friday night uh, for this decision to be sorted? And Ashing Thompson is sitting in a hotel in Dublin, possibly wondering, am I playing or am I not playing? Um, I just don't it's think... It's not fair in her, no different to what no, no. fair in Orla Cronin last no. year. And I, I, listen, I'm not saying that the suspension is wrong here in a, in any sense. Like, if, oh yeah, look, it could be well well merited. And as things stand, if she did what she's accused of doing, de- deserves a two game suspension. Yeah, but the reality yeah it's is, there in the rule. Yeah, as our case as well. But the Camogie Association, and we're just again because we're talking about Camogie incident, should be looking at this based on last year's incident to kind of say let's set some deadline deadlines down here. This should have been all done and dusted last week. I agree with you, Darren. I, I like I un, unless obviously an incident happens on the Saturday and the following Saturday is the next round of the game. But like yeah. you definitely should be speeding the whole thing up. Why, what's the delay? Why, mm-hmm. why, why take so long? Like 
I, I know a referee is to go home and write up the match report and whatever, but why does it take so long for the referee's report, number one, to be submitted? And I'm not playing them in Justin Heffern in here or anybody like that, but like the match was played on Saturday, Tuesday it's it, it submitted. Like surely a referee's report can be put together within 24 hours and Definitely submitted by, by email. By the, by the Monday latest. Yeah, right. So then the committee have it that they know they can meet on Tuesday then to start looking at these. And, and the player then is called to whether that meeting on Tuesday or that meeting on Wednesday or whatever. Um, look, as I said, it's not just a camogie issue. It is a, it's across the board. I just think the whole GA discipline system, Darren, is archaic. It's behind the times. It's uh, it, it just breeds more contempt and it breeds more column inches and us here on podcast talking about it. I think I'd like to be talking about Cork and Waterford playing in the match here, not talking yeah, about... And that's exactly what we're going to go to. discipline system with uh, why Ashing Thompson is going to be in a scenario where 72 hours out from playing an All-Ireland semi-final, she doesn't know if she's actually going to be able to play. Yeah, and that's exactly where we're going to go to. And it's just sad as like we still look back in John Milan taking these punishments, which colours like uh, nearly 20 years ago, which colours, and there's no examples of that since. And I wouldn't blame people for test- testing the water eh, if the system is like that. And, well, especially especially if you have someone like Ashing Thompson, who is a, ultimately a game winner for you. Yeah, and that's where exactly where we're going to go to as well, Killian, because this is such an important match between Cork and Waterford too. We touched on the Waterford side of it on the third half, but let's say Ashing Thompson is not there as things stand. You've no Orla Cronin, we've no Pamela Mackey, no Ashing Thompson. Don't know what the situation is regards Laura Tracy at the moment. Like after getting all the missing players back, Cork are trying to build again. They've had three weeks since that Tipperary game, which was effectively a dead rubber for them. Now, they still feel a strong team. Molly Lynch came in for Amy Lee, was the only change of no two. They had the toughest group as well. They'll have worked an awful lot leading up to this match. Well, you'd hope so. But like, as I said, there's been a number of different distractions now, you know, for them in the in the last while. And that that's, you know, asking an awful lot of Matthew Toomey and his management to make sure that, they, that they're in, you know, a, um, a good place. Because if you look at it, Darren, if you're going into this game against Waterford, Waterford are the ones that have the, you know, the, 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 they're on a crest of a wave here. You know, and like Waterford, if I'm... Derry Kleins, I'm I'm seizing on an opportunity here. That there's um, a chance maybe of an All Ireland final appearance here. Um, if if Waterford played their cards right, you know that the Waterford have shown that they can, you know, go toe to toe with Cork in Munster championships and 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 uh, in league campaigns or whatever. They have shown uh, over the years that they they can trouble them. Now they haven't got probably close enough on uh, too many occasions to be actually able to beat them. But you know, you're you're in a scenario now where Waterford look like they have a clean deck. They have everyone humming off the same hymn sheet. They put in, a, a, you know, you would probably say a, 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 an eighty-five percent performance against uh, Limerick because I do think that second half, you know, you would worry about the second half performance. I was just going to come to you now, um, but like you know, you do have a Waterford team that are probably in a better place than this Cork team, and that's no question about it, Darren. Because at the end of the day, Cork, you know, took on Tipperary in, and I would have thought that Darren, like. Cork didn't seem to, I know Tipperary only won it by a point, but Cork didn't seem overly bothered by it in a way. And I would have thought, like, you're playing Tipperary, you're playing your Munster rivals. I would have thought, you know, it would it would be something that would be drawing you um, into a scenario where, you know, you're going to win your group anyway. You had the group won. But, like, would it not have been an opportunity to really test yourself out against a team, obviously, that, you know, would be a good competitor? Um, because, you know, you're going to have three weeks off before you play an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, I would have been disappointed ultimately in the Cork performance. Now, maybe that says that Tipperary you know, raised the bar in their performances because they knew they had to throw the kitchen sink at it because there was still the chance that they could make the quarterfinals. But, um, you know, I'd be a little bit tempered now by, by this Cork kind of scenario. And we, like we said, we won't know now what really is the, is the true Cork until we see them in Crow Park this coming weekend. And as I said, you know, the doubts about Laura Tracy, the loss of Orla Cronin, um, you know, who I think even if she might have been in, in, in a fettle where she was maybe starting, she's still such an important voice around that dressing room, I think. And now with the whole debacle around Ashing Thompson, like, it, 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 if you're Matthew Toomey, there's an awful lot of outside noise going around, Darren, in, in order to be able to keep the dressing room focused. Yeah, and it's the challenge ahead of them too if they are missing all those players that are half-back. And against the Waterford team, they're showing great form. But I do agree with you, Killian. Like, um, this is massive for Waterford this week. First time to win a quarter-final in five years. 1959, last time they're in the semi-final. But like, I watched back the Waterford-Limerick game since we did the third half again. And like the second half, it's just like they switched off. And people can say the game was won, and the game was won. There were 215 to 1-6 up at half-time. But you want to see a bit of ruthlessness there. Like, it's, 
as, as game and effort Limerick made, there wasn't a great Limerick performance. And you, if Waterford switch off for even five minutes against Cork, there's only one team going to the Iron final. Yeah. Now, the only thing is, Darren, I don't think that'll happen um, in, in this sense. I, you know, I do think it'll have given Derek Lyon something to work on this, uh, you know, this week of training. I, I, I think, you know, he, he obviously will, you know, tell them, you know, the performance I, I, I would probably would be giving them for their, for their first half. It's a ten out of ten performance. You couldn't, you couldn't really fault it. Their well, movement, uh, their play, their score taking, everything like that. To me, was a ten out of ten. Their second half performance, it's probably a two or a three. You know, like and, and that's a dramatic fall, Darren. If it had gone to a five or a six, you'd probably go, yeah, okay, I can understand it. But they really struggled to deal with Limerick. With, against fourteen player, having the spare player, they 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 seem to now maybe. Maybe, you know, as I said, the malaise just before half time, the sending off happens. You go in at half time, you're going, Oh, yeah, we have this. And you know, I'm not saying players were in that dressing room. I'm sure there was a message going out, No, we got to drive on, we got to drive on. But like that didn't happen, you know, because maybe there was, you know, a bit of comfort set in that they know, well, Limerick are really going to have to up the ante here now for us to be caught. And then not playing particularly well, Limerick get a couple of scores, and all of a sudden, then down you get a goal from the Neve Rocket second goal, and that pushes out the gap as well again from what Limerick had already done at the start of the second half. I really think then that players probably went into a little bit of a comfort zone, you know. So look, it 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 is what it is. I think maybe there was a bit of relief in 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 Waterford that they had turned up as well and produced mm. that kind of performance, and maybe that just impacted them a little bit. Maybe you know they just weren't as committed in going for everything after that. And as I said, that's probably something that Derek has been able to focus on this week to ensure won't happen again. And I'd be very surprised, Darren. You're getting to Crow Park. You're 16 minutes away from getting to an All Ireland final, and uh, you know a, a chance of winning an, a, a senior title. I heard Neve Rocket um, being quoted like, you know, that she'll finally leave hang up the boots when she's won a senior title having won intermediate and premier junior um and you know i hope we don't see neve disappear after this year if, if it is happened this year but you know like the, the the scenario would be i think waterford won't allow themselves um to get into that kind of train of thought but i think realistically darren they're going to have to bring that first half performance in turles from the off again against cork and crow park yeah, they have to bring their best 30 minutes of the season and, and apply it for 55, 60. Everybody's going to allow, allow a couple of minutes there. When you look at their team in paper, like, you know, just look at the spine first. Brianna O'Regan, Iona Heffernan, Toda Carroll, Lorraine Bray. What, like, there's people touting her for player of the year at the moment. Uh, Clara Griffin worked very hard last week. I was very impressed with Abby Flynn in, in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carton pushed forward with Neve Rocker. We know how dangerous they are. There's gaps in Waterford, but we know Waterford are not, sorry, there's gaps in Cork, I should say, but we know Cork are not going to allow the space that Limerick afforded Waterford that day too. There's going to be battles throughout the field as well. And those players I mentioned from Waterford, they have to, let's say there's seven battles there, they have to win four or five of them. Yeah, well, like, you know, you can't see, and, and all credit to Abby Flynn's performance, I can't see Abby Flynn turning inside, you know, the Cork half back line. You know, the likes of uh, Laura Hayes or well, you assume Laura Hayes will go to six if 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 yeah yeah um, if, if Laura Tracy's out yeah, yeah. But I still can't see her turning inside the half back line as easily as she did the the, the Cork one. And I can't see Neve Rocket being able to you know as as easily get inside um, any one of the corner backs either. You know, like it, 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 she might do it two or three times, but she's not going to do it the majority of times that she seemed to do it against Limerick. You know, and like that that's the that's the difference. So you're t- you're taking on. Um, you know, essentially the county that's at number two in, in the standings here. So, um, you know, I, I think, look, at the end of the day, Darren Waterford know enough about Cork. They've played them in the Munster Championship. They know they know every every inch and breed of every player that's out there. Um, I, I do think, though, Waterford are going to have to produce our performance that is probably the best of the year to be able to beat them. And they're probably going to have to do that again in the All-Ireland final, should they make it, you know. So, like, it, it's, it's two massive big games for Waterford. However, Darren, it's bonus territory, I yeah. think. You know, if I'm Derek Lyons, I'm thinking, just go out and have a go, a show. Let, like, let's not now become, you know, meek and, and, and run into the corner and say, oh, we made the All-Ireland semi-final and we went down without laying a glove on Cork. They have to give it absolutely everything. And if they lose, Darren, having given it absolutely everything, no one will fault them. You know, and Waterford still are in good fettle then to build on that again for next year because they've got the monkey off the back of, uh, of finally making a semi-final for the first time since 1959. Um, I do think Waterford will lay a glove on Cork it's how many gloves are going to be able to get on them. That's the thing. And, um, you know, I think that central spine, that's going to be quite important. You know, um, like Iona, 
uh, Claude, they're going to have to lock up that area because, you know, Amy O'Connor is in uh, uh, obviously a rich vein of form. It'll be interesting to see the six forwards that are picked for Cork because it could be a bit of a rejig goes on there uh, ultimately as well. Um, I think Cork will be going to be worried about Lorraine Bray, but Lorraine is in a scenario now, Darren, I think ultimately if she comes out here, you know, with, with an 8 out of 10 performance, uh, I think she's she she's the player of the year and and, and it's going to be a, a majestic performance in the All-Ireland final to take it off her uh, from anyone else. But, um, you know, again, Bet Carton, uh, Neve Rocket, Abby Flynn, you know, and others like opportunity at Crow Park doesn't come around and hasn't come around too often from Waterford in recent times. They're just going to have to go for it, Darren. And, and, and that's what I'd be hoping they will do. It's certainly one matchup I hope we do get is Hannah Looney against Lorraine Bray. I think that'll be just a cracker, <laughs> cracker alone. But even there, before we go to predictions and wrap up, you mentioned Amy O'Connor, like Katrina Mackey can play anywhere 10 to 15, yeah. even in midfield if need be. Uh, Kleena Healy has really come on this year too. Saoirse McCartan is back in the team too. We know what Chloe Sickerson can do. Chloe Carroll will man that water for defence, but it's the, the big threats from Cork are going to stay away from her as much as they can. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing that I think you're going to see Cork play the wings an awful lot. And, uh, you know, there could be a level of diagonal kind of um, switch as well. So that whatever they're going to have to be, as you said, take make that step, you know, that they, they've they measured themselves against Cork already within the Munster Championship, Darren. But like they, they are going to have to see a scenario where you know, it's going to be a far different kind of uh, a far different kind of scenario. Um, the whole Ashing Thompson scenario that levels things that little bit. I still think Cork are, you know, a four or five point better team than Waterford. You know, if you're to measure it out there, and there's no disrespect. Great credit to Waterford. It's been one of the stories of the year, the way they've been able to revitalise and turn it around them. The undoubted talent that we know, we've been talking about here for the last four or five years that this Waterford team have, that we know that we were just waiting for them to make that step. They've, they've made it, no question. Uh, they have the talent. And like if they come out of Crow Park with a victory, I would be no way surprised, Darren, uh, about it either if they've qualified for an All-Ireland final. I just think Cork still have those few game changers, if you understand me, that, you know, will go down fighting, will fall on the sword if they have to, and like, you know, could, as he said, test out Waterford, an early goal or something like that, you know, going, going for it and really asking questions of Waterford. And that, that's the thing that the top teams have, you know, that they put the pressure on those who might be looking to rattle the cage a little bit. So I think Waterford have to come out there, maybe contain Cork in the opening 10 minutes uh, and not concede any goal and then start chipping away and doing their own thing. But they're going to probably have to bring an 8 out of 10 performance down for a good part of the game. And possibly even nine as well, but I would agree with your Cork experience. It probably would be the difference in this occasion, but who knows? And Waterford are there, which called they'll have a rattle. Before we go, Killian, just one thing I wanted to ask you about Waterford and great support for the, their GoFundMe page to raise funds. Like, you know, and it's great to see the support that they've had, especially the achievements they're making this year. But should they should it be down to them to be doing this themselves? Like, you know, or should like the GEA in Waterford or even the supporters clubs, should they be stepping in more now in this day modern day now that we're we're preaching equality and 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 talking about integration and all that? Should it be left on playing panels to be look doing GoFundMe pages to create, uh, generate money for themselves? Well, look, Darren, at the, at the end of the day, look, the the, the like, Kenny had to do it in 2020 as well. Sorry. Yeah, like look, in a in an ideal world. It'd be great, yeah, that, that you have the Waterford GA County Board Chairman, you know, sees an opportunity, Waterford men are not competing in, 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 in anything, that, you know, he's able to funnel a few funds in that direction or something like that. Now, who knows, it, it, this, it might be done, we don't know about it, it's not being made public or whatever, but that's, that's an ideal situation and I'm not going to talk about the I word anymore, Darren, for the moment, but like maybe, maybe going forward, those kinds of things will be able to happen. Um, but it is what it is within the women's game, you know, um, bus prices have gone up, obviously the cost of fuel, everything like that, trying to get the games, hotel prices, trying to have the best uh, S&C, having the best kind of recovery sessions, all that kind of thing. It all costs money, Darren, and it's all gone up. It, you know, again, as I said, it would be great if uh, a sponsor or, or the, the the men's board or whatever would be able to, you know, I don't know, direct a bit of sponsorship their way or um, do some kind of, uh, you know, cooperation with them or whatever. And, and as I said, that might be going on in the background, but Unfortunately, it is what it is. It's the world that we live in within the women's game. 
an awful lot of they have to do their own fundraising and that goes across the board Cork have done it uh, as you mentioned Kilkenny did it previously Waterford are doing it now I'd say most counties have done it you know Galway run their raffle and lotteries and various different things you know like so it's the women that play our games are are, are used to it Darren um, it's not it's not ideal it's not you know, to me, it's not great. And I will say one thing, it's great to see that the people have got behind the GoFundMe mm. and they've raised a serious amount of money, which is great, great to see. Um, and fair play to Ethan, fair play to Sheila there and all those that have put it together. It's just a pity that obviously players, you know, and I'm hoping the players haven't been hugely distracted by it. I don't think they have, because I think it seems to be the county board that have taken it on board and as uh, supporters of, uh, of uh, Waterford Camogie are dealing with it. And, uh, you know, because... Players just don't need that kind of distraction, especially if you're trying to focus that wondering, oh, are we going to have a bus to go to the match or are we going to have to pile together in cars or something like that? So, look, Darren, unfortunately, as I said, it's, it is what it is at the moment. Um, I'm just glad that people have got behind and supported. And look, if you're a whatever person and you're listening, get on the GoFundMe there, look up Waterford Camogie, and I'm sure they'll gladly take a few bob off you. And definitely do make sure you're in Crow Park on Saturday night as well for a massive day for Waterford Camogie. And as Killian said, they're not going up there just to make up the numbers too. They've already proven this year twice against Cork that they can't play with them. A major leap they've come since after crashing out tamely in the league and not being able to feel the opening weekend. But there was a change of... Uh, days at the time in the Munster Championship as well. That is it for Sports Stars Camogie. We'll be back next week with two shows, a third half early in the week and Sports Stars Camogie again on Thursday. We'll be looking back at those All-Ireland Senior Semi-Finals, looking ahead to the biggest day of the Camogie year and who knows what other talking points we will have to wrap things up both on and off the field. Wherever you are, get out and about, whether you watch the live streams, watch the coverage on RTE television or even the club matches already starting to take place as well. Get out and support your local team sport camogie as well trust me it's worth it there's going to be some cracking matches so with that being said we hope you enjoyed the show brought to you by Costa as Killian goes gets himself a refill I'm Darren Kelly this was Sports Stars Camogie and I'd like to thank my partner in crime Killian Whelan Thanks indeed, Darren. And look, best of luck to everybody. I, I'm looking forward to being in uh, UPMC Nolan Park uh, this coming Sunday, back on commentary duty. Uh, make sure and check out all the matches. It'd be great if people went to them, but if you're not uh, being able to ask either of the venues, make sure you check them out on the Camogie uh, uh, Association YouTube channel. And they're also available on RT, the senior games, on Saturday evening. Good luck to you.